0: This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've built. Let's get started. Hey guys, this is Toby Mathis with the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, and I'm joined today with Doug Sandler. Welcome, Doug, first off. Toby, thanks. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, and we're going to just get right on into it. Doug is an expert at monetizing podcasts, and so if you're out there and you're wondering I've always wanted to do a podcast. How do you make money at a podcast? Can I make money on my podcast that you might already be doing? What are some tweaks? What are some things you could do? <laughs> I invited Doug on because uh, he's an expert in this area, and he can actually shed some light onto it. So first off, Doug, how did you get into the podcast realm?
1: Career reinvention. <laughs> So so in 2014, I wrote a book called Nice Guys Finish First, and I was looking for an avenue to promote the book. The problem was that when I went out to start talking to PR agencies and publicists, I discovered that um, it would cost me probably three to $5,000 a month to promote through a professional agency. And I'm like, eh, I don't need the professional agency. I'll try to do this on my own. I'm going to go into podcasting and promote my book. And man, what a struggle in the very beginning. There was no systems in place. Nobody had a process. Nobody had a monetization strategy, none of that. And, and so we figured a bunch of this stuff out in the beginning, but it was because of uh, a book that I had written to try to, um,
0: to try to uh, promote it. So you wrote a book and then you said, I need to get the word out there about the book. <laughs> so you started doing a podcast. How many episodes ago was that?
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, so nice guys on business, which is our anchor show. That is the show that we started it all with. We're close to 1400 episodes at this point. We started in February of, uh, of 2015 with
0: the, uh, with the show. So you're brand new at this as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I always tell everybody, look, we barely made it past this, this phase called pod phase right around episode 10 or 12. The majority of active podcasters say, I'm not doing anything with this. That's of mm-hmm. value. I'm going to quit. So we've made it about three thirteen hundred 1300 episodes past podfade now
0: wow so in and when you're using that like I imagine you have all the data this is what you do for a living right besides doing your podcast you help other people monetize their podcast right
1: exactly 100% of my income is derived from us podcasting producing podcasts it's all related you know you think about it my podcast is the hub Of all of my business. It's not a spoke on the business wheel of mine. It's the hub. It's the center. It's everything runs through my podcast in order for me to monetize, develop Mm -hmm. business, marketing, exposure, message generation, content, lead gen, all of that through my
0: podcast. So what do you tell somebody? Like somebody's looking at at starting a podcast. What are the do's, the don'ts? What are the, what are the tricks of the trade? What are the things that you usually start with?
1: Nice. Well, what I tell everybody, first of all, is throw out anything that they have learned from someone else or from Google about launching a podcast, because when people think about podcasting, oftentimes they go to guys like Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss as a as their model. The challenges with with going to those kind of guys with the model, not that they don't have anything, they have ultra successful at podcasting. But they bring to the podcasting space an already built community. The biggest challenge for normal people like you and me, Well, I'll put myself in the normal category with all of your subscribers, you're definitely well well above that. But for most people that are normal, they come to podcasting without any understanding on, well, how do I build my community and how do I grow influence and how do I make money? So the advice I give to people is if you approach this like the Joe Rogans and the Tim Ferriss is you're going to be unfortunately, sadly, sadly, seeing the results of nothing is going to happen. So we really do want to get people to unlearn some of the things that they think they know about podcasting before they even
0: get started. What's the big ones? Like you see people with delusions of grandeur, they have to spend a bunch of money at it. Like what are the, what are the big things where you're like, well, nope. Nope, that's not how
1: it works. The first thing that people come to the table with is the idea that their revenue source is actually going to come from advertising and sponsorship. And we really have to emphasize that while the long game is to build a community of people that will become loyal fans and, and raving fans of the things that they sell, if their service is connected to their podcast, the reality of it is in the beginning, it's not going to be at all about monetization through advertising and sponsorship. The vast majority of podcasts get less than 200 downloads per episode. 200 downloads per episode in the advertising scheme of things would generate about 10 to 15 dollars, if that, an episode. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I could survive if I'm doing a weekly episode, a weekly podcast on for you know 100 bucks or 200 dollars a month in in advertising revenue. It just isn't going to be enough to uh, to pay the bills. So we got to focus on some other things other than that. I'm going to make money from advertising and sponsorship. Rule.
0: Mm -hmm. What are the other things then that you that, that you commonly see? Is it just hey, I'm bringing in new prospects, or it's getting me out there? Like because you you see these folks where they have to be doing it because they want to do it and they love doing it because there's no way they're monetizing it from the ad revenue, obviously. Correct. What are are the other ways they make their money?
1: So we talk about the golden opportunity of of podcasting and the golden opportunity is really not in your audience in the beginning, but it really is in that guest seat. Think about the doors that you could open up with people that you're having them sit in your guest seat and you're sharing information with your community about that guest so it's a win for the guest that's sitting in the guest seat it's a win for you if you're building a relationship with someone that's sitting in that guest seat that you want to get a little bit closer to and you avoid what i would call the salesperson prospect dance as a salesperson trying to put my products or services into a prospect's hands the challenge is that any any question that i ask my prospect is going to be guarded because They realize that any answer that they give me, I will be using, quote unquote, against them to sell them what I have. In Instead of the salesperson prospect dance, why don't we have an interview interviewee dance? And that is, I ask you a question and you give me the honest answer. As a salesperson asking you, hey, what's the stuff financially that keeps you up at night? The prospect tends to feel like if I give him this answer, he's going to use this against me to try to sell his book of business. However, if I ask as an interviewer, "Hey John, some of the stuff—what keeps you up at night when it comes to you know your financial future?" All of a sudden, the microphone becomes truth serum, and they're sharing the answers. You know, what's some of the stuff that you're struggling with when it comes to finance? Or even better, you know, what are some of your initiatives in the upcoming ninety days or next two years when or next twenty years when it comes to your finance? Where do you want to be? That question is a lot easier asked as an interviewer than it is as a as a salesperson. The challenge is to be able to walk that tightrope without being salesy and without being gimmicky and without feeling like there's a bait and switch going on here that I'm going to tell my prospect, ask my prospect these questions and then they're going to give me an answer. And then I'm going to jump down their throat to s- try to sell them what I have. That's not at all. I would challenge, you know, my 250 clients that I've gotten this way to ever say, well, Doug, he just pressured me into, or it was a bait and switch. If you handle it properly, you will never. Be accused of someone that is, is bait and switching or doing something that's not ethical.
0: Yeah. You're just being who you are in a, in a situation where somebody's listening in. It's almost like, you know, you're sitting at a restaurant and you hear somebody talking about their favorite stock, right? And you're listening and going, huh, what's that? You shouldn't be listening in, right? But in the case of a podcast, you're inviting him in and saying, Hey, why don't you listen to my conversation with this individual? And then you're like, what he said, what Doug said, that makes sense to me. So let's talk about the people that it should make sense to, and then I'm going to really pick on you a little bit on the people that you don't like working with, because I'm sure there's a bunch out there, too. Sure. You you don't want (laughs) to run them off. But who should be looking at doing a podcast? Like, Are there other types of businesses where this is just silly, or is this something where it's like, you know what, if you're doing X, Y, Z, or you have a presence, this is something that could really bolster up your revenue, because that's what we ultimately care about, or your your following, or your communications. Who are those people?
1: So I look at it from now, this would be as it pertains to my business and who ideally is situated to run my strategy the way that that I feel like would best involve and benefit their business. I don't look for anybody that is an early stage entrepreneur that has a, a $2 to, to $100 widget. That's not necessarily going to be the mm-hmm. winner because you'd have to do a lot of interviews and a lot of relationship build for you to sell $2 widgets to make it profitable for you. So Mm -hmm. those in your community, like those on my client list that have a lifetime value of a client for $50,000 to a million dollars, let's say, man, what an ideal target to have as a a guest. I can sit them down in the guest seat, have a great relationship build opportunity, working closer with them, asking questions that help determine whether they are going to share any of the buying signals that I think would be appropriate for them to go into my services. And at the same time, my audience is learning from their their experience and their acumen. So the beauty of it is my guest is winning because they're sharing their business with my community. My community is winning because they're having me have a conversation with this person and uncovering some interesting information. I'm winning for my business because now I'm building a relationship with someone that potentially could be either become a, a client or a referral source or... Somebody that has a product that that is complementing but doesn't compete with mine. So those few ways, those three ways, identically or, or actually, are ways that people could really get into podcasting, become a great host, and make a boatload
0: of money at the same time doing it. And when you say boatload of money, like like what is a typical podcaster that you've seen? Like what kind of revenue model? What's reasonable? So
1: in the financial world, again, it's very hard to determine based upon not knowing, like a, a case study, but Let's just take a, 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 you know, a, somebody that ha- is a financial advisor in the, mm-hmm. in the ordinary world of, I don't know what book of business people bring in, but let's say they work with, uh, moderate to high net worth individuals. The lifetime value of a client could be, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars. It could be even more. It could be, I don't even know. Uh, so mm-hmm. part of it is I don't, if I, if I don't know exactly what the lifetime value of a client, it makes it a little bit challenging, but let's say that somebody has a weekly podcast. And let's say that they do, so they're doing four a month and they're working with highly qualified people that are sitting in the guest seat based upon a strategy that we will put into play. And they're able to put one of those four people into their book of business or on their client list uh, a month, which is not an uncommon goal. 25% of the leads that you generate through this, the way I look at it is 50% of the leads I generate turn into business. So if somebody has a lifetime value of a client of $50,000. And they put one or two people into their services every month. They could make 500 to a million dollars a year in revenue just from putting the right people in the seat. And it's, this is just one opportunity. They don't only, they, they don't only have to do one episode a week. They could do multiple or they could have other opportunities, other funnels, other activities that they're doing through their podcast call to action that would actually help them generate revenue as well.
0: Do you have to advertise your podcast Then are you spending money driving traffic to your podcast or is this something where you're just putting it out and trying to get it in the more content you create? Maybe they're putting more of it out there naturally. Like what's the mechanism? So
1: the, the mechanism for promoting and, and I try to get everybody's ego metric out of the way the ego metric is the more downloads that you have, the more listeners that you have, the, the, the actual more profitable your, your show could be. That's actually as far from the truth as it could possibly be. I'd much rather have 50 people listening to my show that are taking action than 50,000 people that aren't doing anything. So mm-hmm. for me, my goal is to teach them how to find those 50, how to find the right 50. And that is really just a matter of, okay, where do your people, where do your p- potential prospects or your potential clients, where do they congregate? Where do you generally get your business from? And let's promote within that arena. We take people that have literally zero social media presence, zero Facebook advertising, Facebook groups, zero Ad dollars that they are spending. I don't want people to put money into ad spend because you're not going to create a sticky audience by doing ad spend. By spending Mm -hmm. two grand or three thousand or ten thousand dollars on a Facebook ad, might get people to come to your show once, but that's not the people I want. I want people that will literally queue up every week to listen to your 20 or 30 minute conversation with your guest. And I don't care if you have two people that are listening to your show, if they're both buying from you. we're we're in good shape. And remember, it's not about the audience. It's about the quality person sitting in that guest seat that can actually help generate revenue for you.
0: So it generates revenue for me if if you have a guest in there. What are the various ways besides, hey, maybe I'll get some prospects. But I know that you actually monetize. You're doing things like, uh, what, there's got to be maybe products or services that are linked to this? Maybe you're getting paid or like, what are the ways that somebody actually does
1: this? Sure. So keep in mind, there are multiple ways other than that guest seat that you can monetize. I like to look at it in terms of what is the goal of my client in the very beginning? Is my client's goal, if you say to me, you come to me and say, hey, Doug, I want to build this podcast, but I want to make money in this in the first 90 days, I'm only going to focus on that guest to client strategy. But if you say... Mm -hmm. I'm good with, let's take our time, let's build this right, and let's look at a full, you know, diversification. Diversification could be, I'm going to put somebody in that guest seat or find somebody in my audience that has a product that complements what I do, and they're going to become an affiliate so that when I'm actually talking about a subject, I can mention a product or service. If somebody in my audience clicks and buys that product or service, I'll receive a portion of that sale without having any deliverable. And that's an affiliate Mm -hmm. relationship. Advertising and sponsorship. Certainly that's a way that you can generate revenue and you don't have to stick with the industry standards, but it's not going to turn you into, um, you know, into a money magnet because in the beginning, you have relatively few listeners to your show. Of course, selling your products or services to your audience that's listening. That's another great way for you to make money. Joint venture partnerships, somebody sitting in the guest seat that you're not hundred percent sure on where the opportunity lies. But look, this is one of those. You know, you and I, you were on my show, the nice guys on business and, and Mm. we clicked, you know, I felt like, look, this was a great conversation. I think I may have said to you at the end of the call or at the end of the interview, I'm like, I have no idea where there's opportunity here, but I'd love to just, would you be open to having an additional conversation, which is when you said, why don't we get you on my show and we'll, and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about what you do on the show. All of those, when you add them all up together, the diversification of the opportunity, which is really all podcasting provides when you start to look at that diversification, you're like, okay, advertising and sponsorship, there's 10 or 15 grand a year. Okay, affiliate relationships, there's a 20 or $40,000 a year, turning my my audience into customers, there's another 100 grand a year, because that's a big one, turning my Mm -hmm. guests into clients last year made us $400,000. So I start to look at this and say, when I add all of these things up, collectively, these make a very nice, sizable income. If you want a million dollar income, we just have to reverse engineer it. Okay. What is it going to take to create a million dollar
0: revenue stream for your business? What are the success stories? Like, do you have any, 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 like one or two where you're just like, wow, they blew the doors off this thing. Holy kushmoly. What a great thing that, that, that they did. And you have a little bit of jealousy maybe going on. Uh, what is, what well, it's interesting.
1: Right? You know, the jealousy goes on because what ends up happening, I maybe jealousy isn't the right word. Maybe it's more like, man, they really took what I taught them and they ran. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our clients, his name is Lou Diamond. He has a show called Thrive Loud and Lou has generated and he, and he, um, and he always, um, he always attributes this to his podcast. He's generated over seven figures of income from his podcast, which is more than we have generated from our podcast in the last 12 months. And I keep thinking, what am I doing wrong? Maybe he could teach me a thing or two. He just has a higher lifetime value of a client than I do. So mm-hmm. it's it, when he sells something, it's not a ten thousand dollars sale; it's a hundred thousand dollars sale. That's one. Another in in your industry, there's a guy. His name is Stan, the Annuity Man. Uh, Stan mm-hmm. has a a podcast and a and a YouTube channel, and he attributes millions of dollars of business to his podcast. And you know, for me to hear those stories, bit jealousy. It's funny. It's not jealousy. It's more like, man, I wish, I wish, I wish I could just bottle up their energy and teach every single person in my, in, on my client list, how to do what they've done. They just approached it like we're going to give this a try and we're going to see how it works. So many people are so focused on a specific way that they're going to build their business and their podcast that they lose opportunity. You know, you can't see the forest for the trees. They go in selling apples and they missed all the oranges that are potentially on the tree at the same time. And so. We teach people to really look for that word, that opportunity uh, in in the podcasting space.
0: all right, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about the people that shouldn't be doing podcasts or they just drove you crazy and you're like, "Oh man, do you ever get that to where you're just saying to somebody, "This isn't gonna be what you think?"
1: Yeah, let me tell you the the ideal person who should not become a podcaster with me at least. The ideal person mm-hmm. that should not become a podcaster is somebody that thinks they know it all when it comes to podcasting. They've already created. <laughs> They've already created their model. They already have their strategy. They just haven't, they just need it tweaked and they're coming to me because they think, Hey, he's a pro. He's launched. We've done uh, over 300 shows we've launched. So he's got to know what he's talking about. And they come to me with their preconceived idea of how they're going to make money. And I try to teach them my way and they're, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but very challenging. I always tell everybody if you're going to work with me in the beginning it's x amount of dollars. If you if you want to work with me, it's x plus, you know, times 5 if you've already had a podcast cuz I got to untrain all of the things that you've already done before. So that's the challenge.
0: I could see it. So 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 the the hey, I already know what I'm doing. I'm just not having any success at <laughs> it. <laughs> right? Right. Oh no, I I'm dialed in. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> But I just can't make any money out. I don't know why. So can you fix it?
1: Yeah, it's the dialed-in individual. The other, the other challenging type of person, um, we call it you gotta get to know your mom. If you don't know your mom, your mom stands for you got to know your market, you gotta understand what your offer is, and you gotta at least have a beginning stage of what your message is all about. The people that try to work out their message, their off the market, their offer and their message while they're doing their podcast generally will have a much longer success curve. Than someone that comes already to the podcasting
0: table with
1: understanding their market, their
0: offer and their message. So so what so what's your mom?
1: <laughs> so my market tends to be finance, medical, and legal communities, because they are great communities that understand exactly what their message is all about. They already have a, a an offer in place that they just want to get to a, a larger audience, and they already mm-hmm. know where their people already play. So for
0: me, those three sectors are extremely good. Medical—that just kind of blows my mind. So, like doctors coming in doing this. Yeah. So, factors? so uh, uh,
1: administrators in the world of healthcare are are notorious for not knowing where to get more business from or how to connect with the right people within their community. It's not necessarily a doctor looking for more patients to get their, you know, their their uh, tummy tucked. But it is it is for people in the healthcare community that are trying to get a message out to a broader audience, because we've all gotten a little bit tainted by the, the medical community after COVID. And it's like, OK, we're, they're all trying to get back in, in the good graces of the communities that are out there.
0: Who's the uh, like, are, are there a couple of people that you think of that you say these are just great information sources? How the heck are they monetizing it? Or do you think that maybe there's people out there that are great information sources that don't monetize it?
1: You mean as far as podcasting goes?
0: Yeah, just a general uh, podcast would be the greatest. Well, let me, know, great th- let me think
1: about that. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Is there a is there a particular environment that you think is more ripe for podcasting? Is that what you're asking? Or or is there another angle? I,
0: I'm thinking of it as is, and I'm trying to think of a good example. I, but but somebody who's just going out and giving good information and you're looking at them saying they're just giving everything. But there's no offer that they have. Well, that's
1: the challenge. So, so mm-hmm. what you need to do, and that's part of the, part of that agenda that most people miss when it comes to podcasting, they figure they're going by the, um, the, the field of dreams, build it and they will come philosophy. The yes. challenge with that is you've actually got to ask people, you know, nothing happens until we sell something. So we need mm-hmm. to create this call to action that will help people understand in your community. Help people understand what is it that's the next step that you want us to take. People will do what you tell them to do, but if you don't tell them to do anything, they will do exactly that. They'll do nothing. And if you give them too many things to do, they'll do absolutely nothing also because they'll be like, you just told me seven things to do. So what we want to do is create a call to action through podcasting, regardless of the field that you're in, but call to action through podcasting that will get people to, it's its called the ethical bribe. How do I get you from anonymous? to known. Mm -hmm. And if you're not known for me, if you're anonymous, there's no way I can sell something to an anonymous person. But if I at least get you to, you know, that we we have something called five ways to make money podcasting. Well, it's a pretty easy document. It's even in a video series. And if somebody in your audience wanted to take advantage of that, that's going to be our call to action for the day. All they need to do is go to turnkeypodcast.com forward slash Toby, T-O-B-Y uppercase, lowercase, doesn't matter. And you'll be able to get five ways to make money podcasting. That's the only thing that I want anybody in your audience to do. Outside of that, look, just
0: continue getting great content from Toby. That's terrific. Five ways to make money in podcasts, right? Exactly. And so if you want to know how to make money in podcasts, go to the link, download it, read it, keep feeding your brain and keep learning more. All right. I've done a ton of podcasts. I've been a guest on a ton of, and they always ask me something weird like, Hey, if you could go find your younger self, what would you say? Or they, you know, they always start off like, tell me about your childhood. Or <laughs> What's the one question that you love the most in a podcast? What's that one thing that you say? Here's what I ask all my guests and then say it and answer it. So pretend like I'm saying. Oh it to man. You.
1: Okay. Well, I I always like to know people's backstory, you know, so tell me something Mm -hmm. that you would sell your, your, your former child. Now I'll, I'll tell you a little known fact about me because I'm in the podcasting space right now. So I'm always interested in the, what were you doing before you blank? You know, so what Mm -hmm. were you doing before you were in finance? What were you doing before you were a doctor? So for me, what were you doing before you were a podcaster? I spent 30 years as a DJ. So (laughs) I, I was the guy typically that if you would go to a bar mitzvah in the Washington, D.C. area, I did 2100 of these bar mitzvahs as an MC. So I was the guy that was teaching all the dance moves, doing all of that. And at 48, 49 years old, I just said, you know, there's got to be something better or less challenging for my body. After 2100 of these things, I got to figure it out. So that's when I started to think about that next career step. And I wrote that book, Nice Guys Finish First. So I always enjoy that question. What were you doing before you blank?
0: <laughs> See, and that's perfect. So you were DJing, you had a whole other life, you had this whole other persona, then you said, like, nice guys finish first and you published it and you did the podcast after that, or did you do it in conjunction with it to, to promo it? So, I, so
1: right on the tail end, when that book just was about to be, um, released on Amazon, that's when I came up with the idea of doing the, um, of doing the podcast. My book was nothing more than uh, a culmination of all of the business philosophy that I had that I built my business. I was a five thousand dollar DJ in a five hundred dollar Dj market, and i mm-hmm. I got to be successful at that because I realized it was not in how do you actually do a party but it was how do you treat your clients before the party to get them to do X, y, and z, or whatever you needed them to do so for me, it was all about customer service and We bring the same philosophy, no matter whether I'm a podcast producer or a DJ that's trying to get more business or in finance or a doctor or a plumber. You know, the biggest challenge that we oftentimes have nowadays with business is just getting somebody to return our call, to tell the truth and to be on time. Those are the things that you can take those through to any business and be successful. And I just brought that philosophy to my production business. And, you know, we have 75 plus clients we're doing great in terms of revenue we're building every year we really feel like this is a great opportunity for us can we be bigger and better and and more successful yeah but you know what i kind of like where i am this is good i i work is a fraction of the hours i used to work i have my own time and and i get to be where you know i'm i'm podcasting you can't see it, but I'm in my pajama pants right now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm wa- thank wa- God we can't see that. <laughs> yeah, man. you don't want to see that. I was, what other business could you be in where you actually could make a living in your pajamas? And so for me, I I've really loved doing this side of the business. Hey, Doug, at least you're wearing pants. I. That's true. Very true. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't want to. Don't stand up. <laughs> don't stand up. Say goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anybody wants to get to know Doug. You can use the link, you could actually download, what is it, five ways to make money in your podcast?
1: Yep, five ways to make money podcasting. Just go to turnkeypodcast.com forward slash T-O-B-Y.
0: See, we make it so easy for you guys to learn how to do this stuff. I thought Doug would be awesome uh, as a guest and I like to pat myself on the back when I'm right. I think you're a fantastic person and I think that what you're doing is great and I think your philosophy is spot on. And uh, And I hope that some of my audience says, you know what? I can do this too. And that you have somebody who's like, uh, it was Lou diamond and some of these others that you get, you get one of these, uh, the, uh, Stan, the annuity man, like some of these guys, you, you want, you want the next one to pop up and say like, yeah, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to make this thing go to the next level. And thank you for bringing your expertise to my podcast Thanks, and helping name. out my audience. is Are there any other words that you want to offer today? I'll give you the last, uh, the last word. No, I, I
1: appreciate you. Uh, you know, y- you may not realize it, but you, um, you come with, preceded by an amazing reputation. The amount of subscribers that you have on your channel unmatched by pretty much anybody that is out there that I know in your, in your industry and just keep doing what you're doing, man. And I appreciate the opportunity just to share with your community. So thank you very much. I, I, uh, accolades to you. You're, you're, a, you're incredible. And
0: I appreciate you being, you know, let me be on the show.